Jets Audio Network. This is the JetCast, the official podcast of Newman University Athletics, featuring exclusive interviews with coaches, players, administrators, and more. The JetCast podcast is brought to you by Ascension Via Christi, Big Corner Creative, Donlinger Construction, Dr. Brennan Lucas and Advanced Orthopedic Associates, Eck Agency, Keystone Solid Surfaces, Mel Hambledon Ford, and by Pepsi. Welcome into the JetCast. Here, episode number 99 of the Newman Jetcast, season 5, underway. I'm Jackson Schneider, joining you today to go over all things Newman Athletics, and we've got a great show planned for you today. We're going to talk some cross-country with head coach Josh Sheppis. We'll also look at the baseball team with Drew Mouse as we get a little into their fall practice and, and kind of talk about how last year went, as well as how things are going right now. And then, of course, we'll talk some women's soccer with Dylan Grutzel, the head coach of your Jets, as well as athlete Melani Burke-Bickler, who's had a great start to the season uh, with uh, three goals so far and leads the Jets in scoring. So we'll bring her on to talk as well. But we've got a lot to get over news-wise because lots of things have been going on for the Numa Jets. And I do want to start by saying congratulations to Carlos Beasta Manchon, who was our student athlete guest last week on the JetCast. And he turned around after being on the show and scored four goals, including registering a hat trick against Wachita Baptist. And he earned the honor as Great American Conference Player of the Week. It's his second award of the season. He continues to produce in big ways for Victor Dominguez's group. And they had a a very successful road swing down to Arkansas after our show released. They got that big win over Harding, 3-0, and then tied Wachita Baptist 4-4 to wrap up that road swing. They will actually be back at home Thursday night at 7 o'clock hosting Northeastern State, who is receiving votes nationally. And then they'll also be at home on Tuesday of next week against the Fort Hayes State Tigers. They'll get the weekend to rest and get ready for the stretch run for Coach Dominguez's group. Also, in an update for the women's volleyball team, uh, they had a couple of tough results over the weekend at home against the um, Nebraska Kearney Lopers, as well as Fort Hayes State University, but they'll head on the road for five straight matches now. Uh, Beginning Thursday night, they'll be on the road at Central Missouri and then continue that Missouri swing on Friday night to take on Missouri Southern State down in Joplin. They'll also, next week on Monday, take on Southern Nazarene down in Bethany, Oklahoma, and then they'll be on the road with Washburn and Emporia State on Thursday and Saturday, the 12th and 14th as well. So a busy road stretch for the women's volleyball team and Coach Marisa Compton and company. Uh, but we'll, we'll revisit with them coming up soon uh, with episode 100 of the JetCast coming up next week. we got to try and bring her and maybe a student athlete on, bring some special figures from Newman University on for a, a 
Big show next week with 100 episodes of the JetCast. But again, today is show number 99. I do want to remind you before we get into talking with some of our guests that you can download the brand new Newman Jets app today. It's available on both the Apple and Google Play stores. It's got the the red background with the new Jets logo, and it's got everything you could possibly need to follow the Newman Jets. News stories and articles, the schedule, the links to broadcasts for both the audio network and the video broadcasts. You can check uh, information with each team. You can even highlight or favorite the teams that you want to follow the closest. Uh, but there is no better place to keep track of all things Newman Athletics than without with the uh, Newman Jets app, the brand new one. If you got the old one, you can get rid of it. Toss it. This one's bigger, better, and way, way more convenient. It's got so much going on, so be sure to download that new Newman Jets app today. But let's take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll bring on Drew Mouse, the head baseball coach of your Newman Jets, to talk some fall ball and also to put a bow on how well their spring went last season. Lots of things being built with Coach Mouse and the baseball Jets uh, to talk about, so we'll get to that next here on the 99th edition of the JetCast. From the moment you walk through the doors at Ascension Via Christi, you'll hear the sounds of hope, health, and strength. Because Ascension Via Christi is more than just hospitals, ERs, and clinics. Ascension Via Christi teams start by understanding you, your health, and your life to deliver the care that's right for you. Connected to a national network of care and the expertise of a wide range of doctors and specialists. Ascension Via Christi in Wichita. Listening to you, caring for you. Find a doctor online at healthcare.ascension.org. Welcome back to the Newman Jetcast. Jackson Schneider with you for episode 99 of the Jetcast, season 5 in full effect. We got everything rolling last week with a busy show and today more of the same as uh, we're going to wrap up what was it a successful spring and put a bow on it here in the fall with the the head baseball coach of your Newman Jets, Drew Mouse. And coach, welcome on to the JetCast. I know you're you're used to being on the show, but uh, it's our, our first time getting to, to chat together. Yeah, I, I don't know if you're going to be a big fan of talking with me, but um, you know, it's good. It's good to have a, a new guy. Um, Blake did a great job, but um, I'm happy you're on board and hopefully we have a lot of good conversations moving forward. Yeah, we got plenty of good things to talk about, especially with the great things that you guys did last spring, the growth of your program and you win 23 games, 14 in the MIAA and you make your first MIAA conference tournament appearance and on top of that, for all MIAA performers, I mean, that's a lot that you can build on heading into this year. But as you look back at last year, Coach, what is the thing that stands out to you the most about the growth of your program? Um, I think the the most important thing is that we've, I don't want to say done it the right way, but done it the way that, um, that I would like to have it done. You know, we've... Um, organically gotten better, uh, every single year. Um, I know that we had the same amount of wins last year that we did in 2022. Um, but we did better in conference, 
um, and challenged them a little more out of conference. So that's why the overall record wasn't as good. Um, you know, we've increased the amount of all conference players that we've had. Um, you know, Jenner Steele won co-player of the year um, in the conference. Um, on top of that, we've still maintained our team GPA of around a 3.3, 3.4 um, every semester. So it's not like we're getting, um, worse in the classroom to try and get better on the field. Um, you know, we've, we've stayed out of trouble. So, uh, we're, we're continuing to get better at baseball, um, as well as maintaining the off the field, um, stuff as well. And, you know, that's something that, uh, any parent, any kid, any alumni, any administrator, any coach can be proud of. That's certainly exciting you know, to, to see how much this team has grown now in what will be your, your fifth season this year as head coach. But as you've begun fall practice and everything, you know, building off of the, the strong spring that you had, what would you say has been the biggest growth point for your team so far in, in the fall practices? Because, you know, this is where you make the growth that you can apply in the spring. Right. This is a really important time for your guys. So, where have you seen them grow the most over this fall session? Um, I think the the biggest thing has been, um, you know, one thing that I really wanted to get better at coming into this year was just our overall um, defensive ability. You know, not that we necessarily played bad defense last year. It was just inopportune times. Um, and so I think winning – Learning how to win goes hand in hand with that. I think placing a bigger emphasis on being able to control the ball, um, both from a throwing aspect and a, and a handling it aspect. Um, you know, we've placed a heavy emphasis on that this fall so far. We've been and we've been pretty good at it. So, um, you know, there's always that old saying: whatever you practice the most, you become better at. Um, and so last year we did a lot better job of two strike approach and um, base running and bunning. Um, and then this year we're, we're going towards more defensive um, stuff and um, hopefully it's going to pay off in the long run. Yeah, it's, I've, I've heard a saying where it's not that you, you sink to the level of your opponent, but you rise to the level of your training. Correct. And if that's what you're, you're focusing on, then that's going to be putting your team in really good positions to be successful when you're, you need those things to, to win games in a, in, this spring season that's coming up. And you mentioned earlier that, that you challenged your team a little bit more out of conference. Do you feel like that helps to prepare you and your team for the MIAA and the challenges that you face in a league as deep as this? I, I think it, I think it depends on what you think the team that you're going to have is. Um, so two years ago in 2022, our, our um, outside competition against non-conference was um was a little more um fair weather so we you know we had some easier opponents in there we had some harder opponents but it was pretty level um across the board and, and it was more or less trying to teach our guys to win give them confidence for going into the conference tournament you know and then that year we missed the conference tournament by one game um and there are several opportunities for us to do um to win those games we just just didn't do it um, it was something to grow on last year. You know, we brought almost everyone back, um, that we had from the previous year. And, you know, I liked the team that we had, I felt more confident with the team that we had. Um, and so challenging them a little bit more to prepare them for the MIAA was what we needed to do. Um, and so I think it just, it just depends on the roster that you have. 
you know, and this team this year, I like, I, we have a lot of returners. Um, we've lost a lot as well. Um, but I don't necessarily think it's to the point where we need to teach them to win as much as we did two years ago. Um, I think more along the lines now is just making sure that we're playing good enough competition that we can, um, have success while building confidence. Um, but I think that what we did over the last two years is should be enough that we don't have to just go to a, um, really, really easy schedule the entire time, um, to try and do that. Awesome. Again, our guest, Drew Mouse, head baseball coach of your Newman Jets here on the 99th edition of the JetCast. And coach, you and your guys have been busy, like we mentioned, with the fall practices and some scrimmage sessions and and getting some some live ball reps over the, the past few weeks here of the fall season. What would you say has impressed you the most about your group? I mean, you mentioned you've lost a lot, but you bring back a, a several contributors as well. Has there been anybody that's really stood out to you in how they've performed through these scrimmages and, and through the fall practice sessions? Um, yeah, I mean, we, we have, I mean, Jay Schneider's done a really good job. Um, returner third base. Um, Sean Marcus has done a, re- a really good job. Eli um, in center field has done a really good job. Um, you know, we've, we've brought in some, um, transfers that are, that have done really well. Um, I think the biggest thing was, you know, we lost a lot of arms, um, and trying to replace them on the mound and trying to, to get to a point where we have the ability to compete, um, every inning on the mound. I think we have more depth this year than we did last year on the mound. I don't necessarily know if our, you know, top end arm is as good as our top end arm last year, but I think we have more depth to compete, um, inning for inning. Um, and then on, on top of that, you know, we've, we've emphasized, um, heavily emphasized the defensive segment to try and make sure that, um, you know, our pitchers don't have to try and get four and five outs, um, in an inning or whatever, you know? Um, so from the pitching side, you know, uh, Colby Wilson's thrown really well. Andrew Preve's thrown well. Um, Connor Rowe and Cole Landgraf have been um, newcomers that have that have done a really good job. Um, uh, who else? Garrett Calderon um, is is a returner, and he's he's actually jumped in velo, um, so that's good to see. Um, and just trying to get some of these other guys healthy um, off of some of the injuries, and not there none of them have been huge injuries. It's just a tweak here, a tweak there, and just making sure that we try and stay healthy through the rest of the fall. Well, you've got a lot coming up the rest of the fall too to prepare for. Um, the big thing that I wanted to focus on is talking about the this golf outing that you've got planned for October the 20th at Sand Creek Station. Uh, tell me a little bit about this event and kind of the idea behind it for you and the growth of, of this event, because I, I feel like that's, that's something you want to get a lot of folks involved in. Yeah, we, I mean, having um, just an, uh, a place for alumni, hell, even the casual fan, um, I, I, a, a regular golfer in Wichita um, that just wants to come out and play golf and get out of work on a Friday. Um, you know, it, it's it's just a chance for us to, um, to get out of our element a little bit, um, talk to people. And, and have casual conversation and not always make it about Newman baseball, but just catch up with uh, alumni and fans, see how they're doing and let them have fun. 
um, you know, hopefully raise some money while we're at it um, for the program. Um, and, you know, we've had two years ago, we had one um, and it was a really good turnout. And, you know, we had some, we raised some good money out of it um, last year with just the way that the um, calendar worked and everything. I, I posted it too late and, and just, we didn't end up having it because um, I couldn't get it all organized in time because, um, you know, Robbie left and I was by myself for a long time. Um, and so hopefully having moving forward and, and this is more of a constant thing. Um, and then hopefully also adding one um, in the spring to early summer as well. And just making sure that guys are able, if they can't make it in the fall, they can make it in the in the spring, or early summer and getting out there and, and seeing everybody and getting the alumni back and, and involved in the program more than anything. Awesome. I, I like hearing the, the spring to summer gives me some time to work on my game because there you go. it is rough. Let me tell you, I'm, I'm bad. It's a, it's a scramble. Everyone can help out in a scramble. <laughs> yeah. So that's the good part is at least I could feel like if I, if I contribute a shot or two throughout the day, that at least I wasn't totally dead weight. So yeah, I'll still have, to I, I don't get out of the cart unless it's a uh, par five or I'm putting. So there you go. <laughs> Well, hey, maybe we could team up. It'll be a good good marriage there because I'm a little better at the short game. I can chip really go. well, but the driving, I can hit it far, but we don't know where it's going to go. That's the yeah, worst. I get it. I get it. <laughs> well, you you also have a uh, alumni batting practice session that you've got planned. Is is that just another opportunity to get some some of your former guys back on campus and keep them kind of ingrained within the program? Yeah. So we're, I mean, that whole weekend, um, with the, with the alumni or with the golf outing alumni BP, um, we'll also have family day on that Saturday. So it's, it's the start of our fall world series that Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and it's just to get guys, you know, maybe some guys don't play golf, but they want to, they want to come out and, and be part of it all. Um, and just a way for them to, to, be part of the program, you know, and hopefully we can get some, some younger guys out there that, that have finished playing over the last three or four years that still want to um, see if they can hit a home run or two. Uh, maybe some old guys that want to relive the glory days. Um, it's just an opportunity for them to hop back out there and have fun. Um, and then kind of let our guys um, get a chance to see the the alumni and, and what they used to do. Um, and I think that hopefully, uh, watching our first game of the fall world series will is a, is a good preview for those guys to, to see. And hopefully they come out a little more in the spring. Um, we've actually had a lot more guys over the past two years coming out and hopefully we can build on that moving forward. Absolutely. It'll be fun to see how that all comes together. And you mentioned the, the fall world series. So I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you considering the major league baseball postseason just got underway uh, do you have a team or, or a team that you're pulling for this postseason? Well, my I'm from Cincinnati, um, so I'm a glutton for punishment, but I enjoy watching the Reds and the Bengals play. Um, thankfully, the Bengals have been a little more competitive over the past couple of years. Um, the Reds were fun to watch this year, uh, you know, just got hit hard with injuries at the wrong times. Um, they got hot for a little bit, um, there in the middle of the summer, uh, my, my wife and kids, we actually went to Kansas city and watched them play, um, when they played the Royals. Um, maybe I shouldn't say that cause when I'm in Wichita and I was cheering for the red team, but, um, neither doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan. I love postseason baseball that I don't really care. 
um, who's playing necessarily. Um, I, I just enjoy, I think for the spurt, for the regular season, everything is more, I don't want to say individualized, but guys are playing for contracts, you know, guys are trying to stay up or not get sent down that type of thing. Um, and then once you get to September and the postseason, it's more team driven and that's, and that's the way that I want our guys to play. Um, and so it's a lot more fun to watch. So whenever, um, I really dial in is, is during this time to see if I can catch anything that the, those teams are doing. Um, and hopefully we can use it to help our program moving forward. Awesome. It's funny. I was actually at one of those games in Kansas city when the reds came to town, I, I was drawn to, to go see Ellie De La Cruz. I was super oh, excited yeah. to see him. It was right after he had first gotten called up and I was so excited. And, and of course my luck, he goes, I think, oh, for four that day with a walk. And then the next day he had three or four hits. So I was just there at the wrong time. Yeah, we uh, I, my kid, both of my sons have ditched their mouse numbers for number 44. So um, hopefully, hopefully we can get over that in the next couple of years. But I mean, it is what it is at this point. So awesome. Well, coach, um, we have just a little bit of time left before I want to let you go. Um, but. Thursday, February 1st, that's the date that's circled on the calendar for opening day. You've got plenty of time, uh, like in theory, to get things ready for opening day. I know it'll be here before you know it, but uh, how would you say you really want to see your team kind of embrace this next few months in, in preparation for opening day and, you know, just making sure we're ready to go? Um, I, I you know, growth wise, uh, I don't hitting is going to come and go, um, you know, I don't, we're never, we could be really good at the end of October hitting wise. And that doesn't mean it's going to show up on, on February 1st, you know, um, there are teams that come out hot and can score a ton of runs the first two weeks of the season. Um, and then can't hit the rest of the year, you know, and I don't want to be one of those teams. Um, the one thing that I want to see happen is, is do we understand how the jets play baseball? Do we understand what's expected of both ourselves as a team and ourselves individually, um, we give our guys certain identities so that they know and have a, have a, a way to play that helps them, you know, especially when they're competing with each other in positions that if I'm this and that guy's that I don't have to try and be him. I can just be myself and go play. Um, and getting our guys to understand that, you know, we play baseball a little different than some of the other guys in the MIAA and, and that's the way that we need to do it in order to win. Um, and the better we can get at that, the quicker we can understand that, um, the better chance we have at winning a lot of games. And so that's the thing that I would like to see happen uh, more than anything um, by February 1st is do we at least have an understanding of what's expected out of us and and can we execute um, what I need to execute when we get there? So. Awesome. Well, Coach, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate you joining us to talk some baseball during the fall season. I know you got a lot going on in getting the guys ready for, for that February 1st date, but really appreciate the time. No problem. I appreciate you guys having me. All right. That's Drew Mouse, head baseball coach for your Newman Jets here on the 99th episode of the JetCast. We'll take a quick time out and be back with more right after this. From the moment you walk through the doors at Ascension Via Christi, you'll hear the sounds of hope, health, and strength 
Because Ascension Via Christi is more than just hospitals, ERs, and clinics, Ascension Via Christi teams start by understanding you, your health, and your life to deliver the care that's right for you. Connected to a national network of care and the expertise of a wide range of doctors and specialists. Ascension Via Christi in Wichita, listening to you, caring for you. Find a doctor online at healthcare.ascension.org. Life. It throws you curves and it knocks you down. But what separates the good from the great is the getting back up. Newman University will always get back up. We are a university of doers, of innovators, of transformers. We inspire as we soar to new heights. We will not be beaten. We will not settle for anything less than the best. We are Newman University. Welcome back to the JetCast, episode 99, here on the Newman Jets Audio Network. Jackson Schneider joined now by the head cross-country coach of the Jets, Coach Josh Sheppis, who is in his 24th season at the helm for the Jets cross-country program. Coach, welcome on to the show. Hello, glad to, uh, glad to talk a little bit about our program. Absolutely. We're glad to have you on, and I'm glad to meet you. I'm still getting to kind of know everybody, all the coaches around the athletics department and everybody on campus. So I'm glad that I get to meet with you and, and talk to you so early in my tenure and a good program to, to start with on our show here today because you guys have had a lot of success here lately. You had a great showing in Newton at the invite at Bethel College not long ago where you had a couple of, of great performances individually and then you end up with a, a team victory as well in that event. But Coach, as a whole, how do you feel like the start to the fall semester has gone for your group? Well, it's definitely a mixed bag with, with men's and women's teams. Um, it, it, it's hard for me to get too excited about one program when the other one is kind of has some injuries and trying to get healthy, especially with the potential of the women's team. Um, but there's definitely bright spots for, bo- for both, um, you know, the men having – Three, three men, three guys that are just definitely up there every meet. We could count on them being, you know, one, two, and three. And, and uh, of course, Reagan breaking uh, the school record in his first three meets. He broke the four-mile record uh, the first meet. Uh, and then he, well, actually, it's the 6K. But the 6K record his first meet and then breaking the the 8K record the second meet and then breaking his own record the third meet. And then Asher Brown just not too far behind him um, each time, and Kevin right there too. So, and then the many freshmen, a couple of freshmen stepping up to be our in our top six as well. So the men having quite a bit of team success here early. Um, you know, we kind of expected to to win the other meet, but anytime you can, you know, beat other college cross country teams and win a race, no matter if there's ten people in it or or fifteen or thirty, like this coming weekend. Uh, it's a positive, especially with Northwest Oklahoma State had won their previous two meets and gotten first place in those. So we were able to beat a you know pretty local Division two team, kind of similar to us. And then you know Patty's running very well on the women's side, and Lucy's running very well on the women's side, and Naeli is. We just we got to get you know Britton Kelly and, and Laura running, and Ashley. All three have kind of been injured, and we're kind of trying to get them back, knowing that if we do. Uh, the women are, are going to be able to uh, to have a, a pretty good year as well. 
Well, I know it's. it seems for me like we're just getting going, but you have a, a season in the fall that kind of goes by pretty quickly. And you've got a meet coming up here on Saturday down in Dallas, the Old Glory Gallup at Dallas Baptist. But after that, you head to the MIAA Championships, and then it's the postseason. So uh, it's kind of gone by pretty quickly for your group. But how do you feel like they've progressed from meet to meet and, and you know, you talked about uh, some of the injuries that have kind of maybe hampered the progress that you had liked, but um, over the the last several meets, it seems like you've grown a lot as a group overall. Yeah, cross country is a different sport. It's not a fall sport. It's a it's a summer sport because uh, <laughs> you know if you're not in shape in July, like our hard work is in July. You know, once we come in in August, we're you know kind of fine tuning some things. We're kind of doing some interval stuff. We're kind of doing some longer, slower runs, building some endurance. But if they don't come in uh, on August 6th with already or August 10th, whatever it was this year, if they don't come in with, you know, 300 miles under their belt for the men and 250 miles under their belt for the women, um, we're in trouble. So these kids' season starts in late June, early July, and then we go. So um, the the good thing about the first few meets that we've had is our young kids on the men's side have been able to get some experience in the 8k because going from the 5k race in high school to the 8k race in in college at the d2 level is a big difference a big jump for them so they've been able to do that with some very good leadership from from austin fullerton and asher brown trying to get them acclimated to that distance so on the men's side it's been a good mix of big meat little meat because um, the, the first meet was kind of a smaller meet. The second meet, we went to Nebraska and ran against, you know, seven or eight Division One teams, KU, mm-hmm. Wichita State, Nebraska, Nebraska, Omaha, um, Air Force. So we were running against some pretty good teams there. Um, I think it was 30 or 33. And then the Bethel meet is kind of a smaller meet with only 10 or 12. And then this next week going to the Old Glory Gallup, we're supposed to have some really good times and really good competition down there with, with 35, I believe, teams coming uh, on the men's and women's side, wow. give or take a few. Uh, and then the weather is supposed to cooperate, supposed to be in the mid-60s on Saturday. And, you know, both teams are looking to place in the, in the top half of that meet, and I think that's kind of a, a good goal for us. The men may be able to break into the top 10 and have some very good times as well. So um, when I planned out this schedule, I was kind of going – you know, smaller, bigger, smaller, bigger, trying to get us some success and then step up and, and have that challenge of, of the big meets as well. So um, we're hoping that Patricia can run some really good times uh, down there and be challenged as, as she won by over a minute at the last race. Um, and Reagan won by about 35 seconds too. So both of our number ones will be challenged. But, you know, last meet we, we placed three in the top five for the women. We went first, third, and fifth. And then on the men's side, we were, you know, first, third, and fourth. So um, they were running from the front in those, and, and hopefully they can continue that. Do you have a preference for your, your runners, or does it kind of depend on them, on whether you, you want them to be running from ahead or, or kind of working in a pack kind of with a large group? Like, do, do you see a difference in how they perform and in how they attack each race? or how, how Take us through the coaching of that, because having so many runners finishing in the top five is obviously great, but how, how do you kind of approach that, especially on a course-to-course basis? Yeah, it's kind of a meet-to-meet basis because we knew last meet that Patty and Reagan were going to be, 
you know, kind of far out in front. And then there was going to be gaps in between people. So we just talked about, Hey, you know, try, try to, try to get to that next group. So you're not running alone, prepare yourself to, to be running alone and, and work up to that next group. And, and just, we, we gave them very specific first mile target times so that they would know that they were on pace when they got to the mile. So then they could continue that each meet we give splits and they, they know what their one mile split is, their three mile, their five mile split. And the women know their mile and their two mile split. So we use that a lot in preparation, but uh, in the smaller meets, but you know, most of the time, like this next week, uh, there's going to be 15 to 20 people within 10 meters of you. So you're going to have lots of people to run with this meet. So this meets the old glory gallops message is going to be, Hey, you know, we got to hit our first mile target time so that we know we're on pace. And then we just got to hook up with people and move and, um, and kind of have those, those target times in the back of our minds and not limit ourselves because the course is fast this weekend. Uh, and the competition is good and we got to give ourselves a chance to be, to do something special. Cause we think, we think that we should have anywhere from six to 10 personal records coming down there this weekend, just with the training, the way that we, we have kind of, we're backing off on Thursday and Friday. We had a hard last week. Um, and then just the, the weather is going to cooperate. The course is going to cooperate and the competition is going to cooperate. And you kind of need all three to have a good day. So that's kind of what we're gearing towards and hoping for. Awesome. Again, our guest is Josh Sheppes. He's the head cross-country coach of the Newman Jets here on the JetCast. And, Coach, this is year 24 for you as the head coach of the Jets program. I'm curious, in a time span like that, how you've seen this sport, and, and the, especially this sport here at Newman University specifically, how have you seen it grow in 24 years' time now leading the program? Well, I, I think it's 23, but I could be wrong. It's been a long. I think I started in 01, and so this is 23. Okay. So my math might be wrong. But no, I'm, when, math like is not my strong suit at all. So I'll, I'll take the blame no, there. <laughs> no problem. Um, you know, it, it it's it's funny because it's different, but it's the same. You know, it's it's different, but it's really the same as when I ran in college. You know, it's you got to go put in the miles, you got to put in the work, you got to have a mixture of long, slow runs, a mixture of shorter quick stuff and interval stuff and hill training and core training and mental training and so many times at the, at the high school level because I coach high school for a while and now as I recruit these high school kids there, there's just not a lot you got to have that good mixture you got to have the mixture where you know you find the right distance for the long runs you find the right distance that you need to do to, to go and you know high schoolers generally are running 25 to 35 miles a week and we're running between 45 and 60 miles a week so you got to kind of get that mesh together um but but the more things change the more things stay the same our race distance is the same i can compare our kids interval times and training times to the kids of my third and fourth year when we got here um you know the biggest difference has just been our step up in competition we've kind of had three really four different cycles. The first one was the first year we had, I had one person on the team that had run cross country before. And I think we had eight total. Uh, so that's, I got the job in August of 2001 and I had what they gave me. And there was, like I said, one girl that had run before. And then to build that up and hit the high schools locally and go up and compete at the, at the Heartland conference, not Heartland conference. I think we we're the, uh, Midlands Collegiate Athletic Conference to win a conference championship and 
in four years' time at the two, 2005 um, conference championships at Haskell was, was a pretty big step for us. So to, to get from no one running to at least a full team of former cross-country runners and then to compete at the MIAA level and then to compete at the NCAA Division II level, that was a whole different story, a whole different step up in competition to go from NAI to D2 and then again to go from the old Heartland uh, to the MIAA. So um, I think it's important that we realize that each step along that way, we've gone up in our competition and, you know, up in our um, up up in our ability to run and, and needing for that higher tier athlete and a faster, you know, run. This team here would have, the team that we have this year would have demolished the old Midlands Collegiate Athletic Conference, our average time would have been 30 seconds faster than any team we had at that point. Um, and it would have been probably our second best uh, Heartland Conference team. This, this team here has the second fastest average time of an 8K on the men's side, wow. um, but yet we're picked last in the MIAA. So you can kind of see that the higher we've gone, the longer I've been here, the, the more our competition has stepped up and, and on the women as well. It's uh, we, we've never won a conference championship on the women's side. Cause when we went up to D two, we've had Dallas Baptist to compete against and they're I think they've won now 16 D two conference championships in a row. So, but we've been second, you know, five or six times. So that's kind of the bar that, that was set. And, you know, we always gear towards conference championships and placing at that. And, and, um, you know, we, we have an expectation to be All-American teams as well, so academic All-American teams, and we've, we've been able to do that 20-some times in my tenure here. So the more things change, the more things stay the same, but, you know, each step along the way, we've stepped up in competition, stepped up in, in uh, you know, the way that our league is, is, uh, is formed and the way that we have to compete at our league level. So as soon as we win the conference championship in 2012 and 2014, for um, you know D2 Heartland, then we turned around in 16 and, and 17 and went into the MIAA. So um, as soon as we reached the top, we seemed to switch. So uh, I just it just raises the bar for for each one of them. Well, I, I apologize for the lar- large noise there. The national alert test I had totally forgotten about just oh, you're <laughs> right. went off in the background as we were recording there. So apologies to our listeners if I blasted their eardrums with that. I was totally forgotten that that was coming up today at the time of this recording so i apologize but coach the last thing i've got for you before we let you go here on the jetcast is again you've got the old glory gallop with dallas baptist coming up on saturday if you could just tell us kind of the the goal and the approach again for this meet coming up on saturday well like i said before we've got some good weather coming um i think there's 30 i'm looking at the sheet here now it says there's 32 men's team and 37 women's team. So, you know, our women want to definitely be in the top half of that, and our men would like to be in the top 10. Um, teams like uh, Arkansas, Monticello, and Cameron, and Central Oklahoma, um, Dallas Baptist, Dallas Christian, Oklahoma Christian, McMurray, Midwestern State. So there's going to be a lot of other um, D2 schools from, from our old conference that will be there, St. Ed's, uh, Texas State, Texas Westland. So, um, you know, we just we want to run fast times. We want to get eight or nine people their fastest times ever, and, and we want to be ready for conference. And when I say ready, I mean uh, understanding that every point matters, every place matters, 
10 seconds can make the difference between your team getting, uh, you know, eighth place and your team getting 10th place. It just, it just, uh, it just, it just matters sometimes in big races like this. So we're trying to try and understand that every point, every second matters to fight for it and uh, trying to make us feel fast. So we got good confidence going into the conference meet. If we can all run, you know, close to or run our, our personal best times, it makes you feel like the training you've done is, is working and uh, and you're ready for a big championship race such as the MIAA. Awesome. Coach, thank you so much for the time today. We really appreciate it. Good luck this weekend. We'll be following it closely. Thank you very much. All right, that is Josh Sheppis, head cross-country coach for your Newman Jets here on the JetCast. We'll take a quick time out and be back with more on the JetCast right after this. From the moment you walk through the doors at Ascension Via Christi, you'll hear the sounds of hope, health, and strength. Because Ascension Via Christi is more than just hospitals, ERs, and clinics. Ascension Via Christi teams start by understanding you, your health, and your life to deliver the care that's right for you. Connected to a national network of care and the expertise of a wide range of doctors and specialists. Ascension Via Christi in Wichita. Listening to you, caring for you. Find a doctor online at healthcare.ascension.org. Life. It throws you curves and it knocks you down. But what separates the good from the great is the getting back up. Newman University will always get back up. We are a university of doers, of innovators, of transformers. We inspire as we soar to new heights. We will not be beaten. We will not settle for anything less than the best. We are Newman University. To the JetCast here on the Numa Jets Audio Network. I'm Jackson Schneider. Pleased to be joined by a tandem from the Newman Women's Soccer Program, head coach Dylan Gruntzel, as well as sophomore Melani Burke Bickler, who will join us in just a bit. Coach and Lonnie, I guess both of you welcome onto the show and uh, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us. Coach, I, I know uh, you guys have got a, a busy week in preparing for a road trip, so thank you for joining us. No, thank you for having us. Yeah, you guys have a lot going on right now. Like we mentioned, you're getting ready for a, a four-match road swing here after having a couple at home this past weekend where you get in the win column against Missouri Southern and then you compete really strong against a good Central Missouri team as well, Coach. So let's talk about this past weekend, just kind of your thoughts on the team's performance and and you know how, how things are, are progressing in, in the right way. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, looking at kind of comparing ourselves not only from week to week, but even a year ago today, I mean, we came into that game and Missouri Southern beat us last year and they beat us pretty handedly. Um, they beat us four zero last year. And I think that stuck into a lot of our returners heads is that we, we went down there, did not play very well last year and they put it on us. And so we wanted to change that this year with them coming to us. Um, you know, and obviously we got a good result out of that, but also, just our progression from week to week has been better. Um, we were able to create a lot of chances against Missouri Southern. Um, we defended really well. You know, we created, um, like I said, a lot of good opportunities for us that may have lacked in the weeks weeks prior to that. Um, so I was really happy for that and just their grit to kind of deal with things and deal with adversity, not only on the soccer field, but off the field. Like, so we had a lot of 
a lot of things that happened off the field from just personal standpoints. There were things that we had to overcome as not only as individuals, but as a group. Um, so that was exciting to, to see them deal with the adversity. And, you know, we, we score first, we give up a goal and then, you know, we get one in the second half that uh, ultimately becomes the game winner. And uh, those are things that you enjoy to see out of your group. So excited for the progression, not only from a year ago, but also from week to week. It's been, it's been fun to watch and fun to work with the, the girls. I'm glad you you mentioned kind of the the ups and downs of that match with Missouri Southern. I mean, there are a lot of ebbs and flows emotionally and momentum wise over the course of any given match. But to see your team get out in front, and then you concede so your level. How how did you see them kind of approach that when you hit that little in match adversity? And obviously, you get the the goal in the second half to come away with the win. But how have you seen your team progress in in handling the the in match adversity they've faced? Yeah. And I think that that's something that we've struggled with in the past is like, you know, we would give up a goal and then like our heads would drop or we'd score and then we'd give up a goal and our heads would drop. Um, and it, it was good to see it go the other way and see that, that they understand like, Hey, we're, we're in this game. We have a chance to win the game. Let's go win the game. Um, and I think sometimes like you have a choice as a team, like whether you score or you're tied or you're up one or down one, like you have a choice to go win the game or just try not to lose the game. And I love that our attitude was like, let's go win it. Um, and, and like I said, just keep the foot on the gas, keep trying to score, keep creating opportunities and eventually it'll come. And like, so we, we were able to battle with that and we came in with the right mindset and, you know, we created a good opportunity, you know, Lonnie played a, played a pass to Katrina. She had a good individual effort, push it out. And we told them like, don't be afraid to hit the ball from distance. And, she put a foot on it and like I said, hit it nice and it went in the back of the net. So a, a great shot from a young freshman that we're excited for. And obviously Lonnie is just a sophomore. So it's, it's cool to see those things and see them have a good mindset of when you go down or you you're, you're up and then you go level and then to go win the game. So it's, it's good to see those things. Well, you mentioned two younger players that have been key contributors for you here lately with Lonnie mm-hmm. being just a sophomore. And, and there's several others that we could talk about as well. How much, excitement do you feel just for from the the week to week match to match progressions of your group and then being able to look and see hey you know we're progressing so much already and there's so many young contributors like the the future here could really turn into something special yeah i think it's you we try to make them understand that every every day is something that you have to take advantage of um because before you know it you know you go from this younger team to this older team and you don't have much left Mm-hmm. Um, and as much as we do want to, we're excited for the future. We do want to be a part of the here and now, not only for their development as players, but also for our current seniors that, you know, they have, you know, very few games left. They have eight games left. If we don't make the playoffs, if eight regular season games left and most of their, most of those kids, this is it. There's no professional soccer after that. It might be, you know, an adult league or a recreational league, but after that, this is, um, the most competitive they're probably going to get to. And whether, you know, that's whether that's they're going into their next careers, you know, turning the page on the next chapter. And so that's the the biggest thing we want them to understand is you want to be here for the here and now to send the seniors off the best you can. But also, you know, the more growth you can do now will lead into more success as you continue to grow the program and build the program from a younger standpoint. And like we mentioned, one of those key contributors of, of the youth is with us here today in Melani Burke Bickler and, and coach I'm just curious if you could give us some thoughts on Lonnie and her progression year over year from from being a key player last year to now being you know your leading scorer and leading points 
contributor as well this season, just as a sophomore? Um, oh man, get to get to talk good about Lonnie. I know she's excited about this. Um, I think Lonnie and, and Lonnie and I have a long story. Like I recruited Lonnie for a very long time. Um, and so we've, we started a really good relationship prior to her even becoming, becoming a jet. Um, and so I think that she, she came in last year in a transition, my first year, the program's trying to figure out some things and she really took her, took her lumps. Um, you know, she got beat up a lot being a younger kid, you know, you come in this conference, big physical aggressive. And I think even on the jet cast last year, you know, she talked about how physical the conference was and that was something she learned, um, and just playing a lot as a freshman. I think she started every game for us last year, um, you know, as a, as an 18 year old kid coming in and figuring out what college soccer is at the division two level. And so she's really progressed into dealing with that more, obviously creating more chances for herself. And, you know, she's scored one goal last year and she has three so far this year. Um, and I think even being a leader for us in some aspects, like, right, we have three excellent captains, but we tell our players like you don't, you don't need a band to be a leader. Like everybody can be a leader in their own way. And she's really stepped up in that regard. And, People can go to her and ask questions. Um, like I said, she does well for us on the field. She scores goals. Um, like I was joking with her the other day through text that I said, do you only score like really amazing goals? Because the three goals she's scored this year have just been like, you know, the half volley uh, twice now, one where she just banged one over the goalkeeper with her opposite foot. Like those are things that they were really nice goals. And, and like, so we're excited where she's progressed from a year ago um, and obviously where she can progress as she goes through the program. Awesome. Well, let's bring Lonnie on now as we, again, talk about the the great start to the year that she's had with three goals and assists mixed in there. Lonnie, how have you felt yourself progress on the field? I mean, Coach just said a lot about you there and in, in your progression and what you mean, not only on the pitch, but as a leader within this program. How have you felt felt or seen yourself grow within this program the last year or two? Yeah, I think a lot of my – I used to think that I had to depend on other people a little bit and listen to the older players. And I think being around a whole team like this with such a good friendships that we build, we start to learn, like, everyone has an equal piece on this team and that, you know, even if you're a freshman or a senior, like, everyone plays a role and everyone's role is important. So I think just – really just developing those friendships has, I feel like, grown me from what I was even freshman year to sophomore year and continuing to build those relationships um, with the freshmen now. So Now, with this being year two for you, and I mean, it's year two for coach here at Newman. <laughs> so how have you gotten to know him better as a coach and, and kind of what he expects from you and your teammates now that you're, you know, waist deep in the second season with him? Yeah, I think what after one season you know you you know what kind of you you kind of take some off sometimes in games you kind of you understand that and you're like okay I need to fix this but at the same time like you know like he's gonna stay calm and let y'all like let us play and let her let us do our thing and so I think just learning more about him and I think also a big part of it is coaches also has been vulnerable with us not just in like practice but just personally with everyone and I think showing that like we're all human has really just helped us become even more of a close-knit team and play better together 
So awesome. Well, coach, coach kind of talked about how he he and you have built this relationship for a while now. I'm curious what maybe drew you to Newman and to playing for Coach Grutzel then. So for me, Newman was the only school that I really felt a sense of community in. Like other schools you visit as a college recruit, they they don't really care much for you as a person and like your own moral values. And I feel like when I came to Newman, all the girls and coach were, they. I could feel like they valued me for me and they didn't just care about my soccer abilities. And they would be there for me if I was going through something tough or when I went through a high that they would be there for me. So that's why I chose Newman. Love that. And I, clearly it's, it's working out pretty well for you guys yes. so far. <laughs> And uh, I know a lot, lots still in front of you. You guys have won more matches this year than you did last year, and you've got a lot of opportunities in front of you. But you guys are about to head back on the road for a couple of, of tough ones. You go to Fort Hayes and then Nebraska Kearney this weekend. So for you personally, what's maybe the thing you want to work on the most or, or focus on in these matches to try and come away with a couple of wins this weekend? I'd say just I think we need to work the ball play simple. Um, I think when we played UCM this past Sunday, you know, we we realized we had to settle into that role of defense just because they were a class team and we respected that. So I think going into these two matches this weekend, these are definitely two games that we can take three points from and get wins from. So I think if we just work the ball, play simple and just not panic, don't rush the game, I think we'll be good to go. <laughs> awesome. Well, not to put any pressure on you, but our student athlete guest last week was Carlos Beosta Manchon from the men's soccer team. And he turned around and put together a couple of great showings and earned conference player of the week. So got to keep that streak going. Now, not to put yeah. too much pressure on you. Yeah, I'll try. <laughs> we'll try. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Melani. We'll head back to talking to coach now to preview the matches this weekend and coach uh, hearing Melani's remarks and, and kind of, especially about why she chose to play for you and play for Newman. How how much comfort does that give you in knowing that not only are you building something with the program, but kind of building it the right way off the field? Um, I, I think that's something I've always tried to take as a coach is you'll win games, you'll lose games, you'll, you'll tie games, but I think the impact you have with your players is always going to be number one. Um, and that's always been really important to me. Uh, even my, like I go back to the high school coach I had and Mike Anderson at Wichita East. And like I said, he, he knew the game fairly well, but I always connected with him more as a, as a person. Um, and that was always really important to me is how he cared about me, like in, in my studies, what I'm doing off the field, how I acted on the field. Um, you know, if I got a, you know, if I made a bad foul and it was just clearly the wrong decision, how he, you know, tried to hold me accountable for that decision. Um, and so that's something that's always stuck with me um, through as I played there and into my coaching career is uh, the person will always be more valuable than the player um, just because the ultimate goal for us as college coaches is, is while we want to win games and compete and try to win as many conference titles, national titles, things like that, whatever it may be, the ultimate goal is how can we make use the four years at Newman to make those players successful for the next 40 years of their life. Um, that's how I've always approached it. And um, that's always been a big thing for me is even when we talk to them, I can ask them, you know, how's your family doing? Um, you know, how's your mom? How's your dad? Like I'm always asking Lonnie, you know, how, how's mom and dad doing? Um, how's your brother doing? How's your boyfriend doing? Like those things, like I've always been, 
um, more value to me um, because I think your players sometimes in college athletics, you can get caught so much caught up so much in like the wins and losses that sometimes they feel like they're not, not really valuable to you in other, any other way than a player. And so I always wanted to make sure my players knew that I care about them. And I, I feel, I feel this group feels that way. They know that, you know, I care about them as the, as people and I want to see them succeed um, you know, here at Newman and after Newman. Um, so that's always been a big building block for me because here at Newman, right, we don't we don't have the best facilities, um, like things that we always have to try to grow in. We're not going to be able to compete in certain things with other schools. And so I always felt like that's something that, you know, I feel like we do the best in is that we, you know, we really try to build the whole person, not just the soccer player. And I think that that's that can matter a lot in today's world. Do you, do you feel like those relationships that you build with your athletes – you know, away from soccer that, that go a lot deeper than just the game help within the game. You know, when you're, you're facing the adversity within matches that we've talked about where there's kind of this trust or, or strong relationship between you and your athletes that kind of helps you to persevere in those tougher matches and, and helps you to just be a better team when it's all said and done. Yeah. I think that kind of what Lonnie was, was talking about earlier is that, you know, he's like coaches showed us that he's vulnerable. It shows he's not above us. He's with us. Um, and I think your players um, in, enjoy that. And they want to see that you're, you know, you're going to go, you're going to go to battle with them just as they are uh, for you and that you're not above that. Um, I think that that translates to on the field as well. Um, is that they know that, that you have their best interests at heart and that's, that's what matters. Um, so I think that always that'll always be important is in trying to build your team is that they know that you care about. Awesome. Well, coach, like we've talked about, you got two good matches coming up on the schedule on a road trip, going out a little North and West to, to Hayes and then to Carney. What is maybe the focus from your perspective that this group needs to have to put itself in the best position to be successful this weekend? Um, you know, Lonnie said a lot about it and, and my assistant and I have talked about it, Milibaka, um, just like being patient and understanding what the game is giving us and how we can simplify it. Um, I think sometimes you can get in the game and you can try to overcomplicate, you know, trying to play the hardest pass possible when the simplest pass would have been the best choice. Um, so it's just trying to complete um, the simple things and do those things, um, compete well with with teams that Hayes has been on the top teams in the, in the conference for some time, you know, Carney's just like us. They're an up come from up and coming program. Like Rob's done a great job there. Um, and Tyson, obviously at four Hayes has continued the trend that four Hayes has been. Um, so those are things that we will have to deal with. And I think as a group is coming into it as a collective whole is just playing the game the right way, eliminate turnovers that are close to our goal and, and take chances near the goal we're trying to score on. Um, that's, that's what we have to do. And if we can eliminate their chances and, you know, obviously try to multiply our chances, it puts us in a good spot to score goals and ultimately win games. Awesome. Well, again, Friday at Fort Hayes, Sunday at Nebraska Kearney, then you do it all over again in Missouri with Northwest Missouri State and Missouri Western the week following. And we have to wait anxiously until Friday, October 20th, before we get you guys back at home here in Wichita. But uh, Coach and Melani as well, thank you so much, both of you, for taking the time to talk with us, and good luck this weekend. Thank awesome. you. <laughs> All right, Dylan Grunzel and Melani Burke-Bickler from the Newman Women's Soccer Program. We'll take a quick time out and be back with more on the JetCast right after this. From the moment you walk through the doors at Ascension Via Christi, you'll hear the sounds of hope, health, and strength 
Because Ascension Via Christi is more than just hospitals, ERs, and clinics. Ascension Via Christi teams start by understanding you, your health, and your life to deliver the care that's right for you. Connected to a national network of care and the expertise of a wide range of doctors and specialists. Ascension Via Christi in Wichita. Listening to you, caring for you. Find a doctor online at healthcare.ascension.org.